Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hey World podcast with me, your host, Ross Livermore of the Hey World podcast with Ross Livermore. I am back in Nashville. Uh, it's exciting to be back. It was a crazy weekend. I'm going to get into the whole weekend. Uh, pretty much that's all I'm going to talk about on this podcast. Um, Salem Week recap. Uh, I am back here in Nashville, though. It's exciting to be back only for a short time, though. I flew back yesterday. I am here until Saturday night, and then Emma, myself, and Tina are driving back to Massachusetts. On Sunday, we'll get back Christmas Eve and then spend the holidays up in Massachusetts. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Logistically, it's kind of a crazy trip, but I have um, four gigs here this week. I'm playing tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday, and then Saturday. So it made sense to come back um, for uh, financial and musical reasons. Uh, Tonight and tomorrow, I'm at the Four Points Brentwood in Brentwood, Tennessee. Then the Hotel Preston on Thursday, and then Saturday night, 6.30 to 10.30, I'll be at Old Red upstairs with Johan of the Flying Buffaloes. So that those are all, they're all going to be cover shows, but um, they're all going to be super fun, acoustic, pretty laid back. Uh, and then um, that's my year, that's 2018, wrapping it up. Uh, I, I'm going to finish the year with about 80 performances which is crazy to me. Um, I think that's the most I've really ever done. And it's not really that crazy because touring bands are doing like 200 dates a year or whatever, 150, 200. But my plan is to double that in 2019. So I'm shooting to have upwards of like 150, 160 performances. Uh, The first one being Adatash, January 19th. MLK weekend, be there. Skiers, snowboarders, all New Englanders alike come up to Adatash for MLK weekend because we've been going up there for the last 15 years and it is, uh, it's always a crazy time up at Adatash. So we'll see you up there. Otherwise, rosslivermore.com for all the dates, your dude stoked on Instagram for all the dude stoked stuff, the Hey World playlist on Spotify. And also, um, this is not forever. Just turn one year old, uh, I think on Saturday. So, Keep streaming that. Keep sharing that. That would be great. Cool. Here we are once again with the last podcast of the year for me. Hey World, episode 35. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 35. Hey, how are you? Hope you're doing well. You might say, Ross, you don't look so good. Well, I don't feel so good. I was on the verge of getting sick, I feel like, for the last like week or so, and finally today it kind of hit me. But much like Michael Jordan in what might have been a conference final, that might have not, I don't think that was actually an actual final. The infamous flu game, one must play on. And like myself, one must must podcast on and continue. In the face of adversity, scratching and clawing out of the depths of hell to make episode 35 of the Hey World podcast. So welcome back. Um, Man, what a weekend. uh, I'm back in Nashville. I flew back yesterday, got some pizza with the Griff. And then went to bed early 
and uh man it is it's really nice to be back but um what a weekend we had at opus in salem it was incredible um <clears throat> basically so what we what we did back in september paul and i and phil we all talked about doing some sort of like holiday thing and last year we released our record in the middle of December, right around the holidays, which actually, you know, it did kind of work out well because we did a pledge music campaign and we got to do a couple holiday parties. And I think the release for Christmas release and a band of our size, I think it went pretty well. Anyways, we did our record release. We did like a two day run. We played at Rockwood stage two, which is the first time we actually played at the stage two. And that went really well. Caleb Hooper, who has recorded with me since I've lived here, uh, came down from Nashville or came up from Nashville, excuse me, uh, to play the two shows. He played with, um, a couple of the guys from turquoise and did a, like some sort of rock show in New York and then cabbed it over to Rockwood too. And that show was actually really good. And then the boss, excuse me, the Boston show was good too, but like we drove back from New York in an ice storm, took us like seven hours to get back, got to Paul's house, showered, went right to the venue and just no one came. I think we ended up bringing like 40 people when we typically like without really trying in Boston, we'll be around like a hundred. So it was like a very unsuccessful show for us. So I was a, I was a bit discouraged after that um but one must go on so anyway we decided we were talking about what we should do around christmas time this year and paul is actually i think on a flight right now out to hawaii so he was not going to be around we were going to try to do the following weekend which would have been like the i don't know 20 second something like that 21st 22nd anyway we were talking about doing two nights at um we talked originally talked about doing the uh larkham theater which is like a 500 seat theater in Beverly. And we were like, if we, um, if we do that theater, we should just plan on trying to sell the bottom of the theater, which would have been like 250 tickets. And I think I was like, I think we might be able to do it, but we'd still have to like rent the theater and, um, which was going to be like 2,500 bucks. So we would have had to put our ticket prices at like $20, which holidays tight for people. So we decided, we decided it just wasn't like, I don't know. I, I would like to do a venue like that when I know I can sell it out. So the North Shore um, really, I don't think it's going, it's just there's not a ton of bands left, so there's not really a demand for music venues up there. So there's places to play, but it's more uh, venues for cover bands. So the only real venue, I mean, the only real venue that I know of in Salem that could house like what we were looking for to do like a two night thing was Opus. So I hit up Blake who books there and she's known us since I was in Pimp and the Chimps, which was uh, like a cover band that we did with Paul, myself, Ryan DuPont and a guy named Jeff Rachel. So Blake has known me for, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. So I contacted her and, uh, was just like, hey, we're thinking about... This was back in September, and I was like, yeah, we're thinking about doing um, like two nights. Would you be interested in like maybe like booking us? We could do... I originally said the weekend after this one, and not knowing that Paul was gone, she was like, yeah, that's totally fine. You can do the weekend. So turns out we had to do the weekend before. So that was the reason for doing the 14th and 15th. And then I had to come back, and then we decided to go back for Christmas. So anyway, 
we booked the shows and uh, they started creeping up. So we did some promotion. I had like some sponsored ads and, uh, but I'm, I'm such a, uh, what does it say? Oh yeah. We will. The Larkham theater is, uh, to Trixie one, six, seven, one. Um, that's like the reach school. So I think that's like the goal. Um, but this was this Opus weekend was such a success. We're like, why don't we just do this as our December thing and eventually try to build it up so we can like do like two nights at the theater, you know, or one big. N- I think two nights is cool because the, the holidays are so busy for pretty much everybody. And most of the people that come to see us in Massachusetts are on the North Shore. I'd probably say like 75%. Um, but I just made that number up. I'm just taking a guess. Anyway, uh, so we did two nights thinking like, okay, like people can come one night. They can come both nights if they really want to see us both nights. If there's holiday parties, like chances are they don't have two in a row. Small enough venue. It was good. Um, so where was I going with that? I don't remember. Um, anyway, oh yeah, so we booked it. We booked these nights. Blake said, okay. Um, and we had the sponsored ads. We were promote. I actually promoted this more than I have before because obviously the podcast. I'm going, uh, going live once a week and just sending out texts and emails. And it's there's a lot more options to promote yourself now than there was even like. I know for me, having the podcast is a big thing. Anyway, so we booked it, got a couple acts to start out. So Eric Reardon started out the first night, who is just like local Salem guitarist, super cool, like just great. He sat in with us. And then Saturday night, Quill um, and his band played first. Tom Doyle's tuning in. He was there on Friday, partying, raging it up. Um, And man, it was just, I was overwhelmed oh the deer (laughs) no actually my dad got this deer but i have i have one this is not i can't take credit for it but i hung it up because it is a family it's like a family heirloom but soon enough i'm gonna have a deer on the wall that is a deer that i got when we go out tom tom doyle and i and bob we're all going we're gonna go hunting sometime Anyway, um, but I do have to hunter safety course. I need to, I've first, I shot a gun for the first time, like a month or I don't know, six months ago. And it was petrifying. So I need, I need to get better at it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so I was honestly, I didn't really know what to expect because like we hadn't really played on the North shore in a long time. And I knew people would come out, but I didn't expect that many people to come out. And I'm not trying to pump the ego, but like, man, we were at capacity both nights, which was like, <laughs> you into fitness? <laughs> we were at capacity both nights, which is like 150 people Friday and 150 people Saturday. And this is like a paid door cover charge. So I like know the exact numbers. And I was just like, I every time I play a show, no matter where um no matter where we play i think especially in massachusetts i get really self-conscious about like all right i hope people come because like you never know like i do all this stuff and i play and i do this podcast and like you're putting out music and like you don't really know who listens 
You know, like I can see it sometimes with people commenting or I can like, you know, people sharing or stuff like that. So I, I, you know, people listen, but you don't know really like the extent of your reach. It's, it's, I guess there's a lot of ways to see your analytics, but like that stuff is just so, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's easy to manipulate and it's hard to gauge. Like, you know, you could have millions of Spotify listens, but like not really draw well, or you could have a million Spotify listens and be selling thousands of tickets. It's, it's, it's a good gauge, but it's not a perfect system. Anyway, it's hard to know who's listening and who cares enough to like get babysitters. I've heard like there were so many people that like made an effort to go like get a babysitter or like get a doctor's note because they knew they were going to be hungover and like call out of work because their work's strict on that stuff. It's like I heard a bunch of those stories and I'm like, man, like I can't believe that people like paid money to book a babysitter to come and see the band play. Like it wasn't just like, I'll oh, pay a $5 cover and maybe get dinner or like get a couple drinks. Like if it's a 50 to a hundred dollar night, it was like, all right, that's, that could be like a 200 to $250 night. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I was very overwhelmed with the amount of support that, that came out. Um, so thank you to everybody, everyone who showed up, um, to these shows in Salem, to the band, Paul and Phil, to Jesse and Dennis and all of the band with Quill and Eric and his group, thank you guys so much because it was a truly special, special weekend. Um, I couldn't believe it. Just like you're there and people start coming in and you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's getting full. And then all of a sudden the security's like, all right, we're, you know, we're we're at capacity now. And we were just about to go on and you're like, Ugh. I was nervous. I was nervous both nights before. Like, and it's, you know, you're playing for mostly like, just people who have seen you before, or friends and family, and it was just, uh, it was crazy. Um, yeah, the first night, the first night, like, both crowds were, I mean, both nights were incredible. The first night, I think people were tearing it up, like, really tearing it up, partying. Second night, everyone was partying, but I, I, I felt like the first night was was uh was the party night which is funny because saturday i was hanging out with my brother the next day and we're like yeah why don't we just like have some you know we'll get some beers and have some people at your house after the show because everyone on friday after the show was like oh what are we doing after and it was one i think at one in the morning so we're like "We, we we could have an after party but we don't have any uh anywhere to go so saturday we plan on having an after party and like after we finished up everyone's like all right we'll see you later and like no, me, Paul and Phil were like, so you guys want to like go to my brother's house <laughs> and like drink beers? And uh, we, we just didn't. So Paul and I stayed up that night till six in the morning and drank a whole bottle of whiskey. Crazy. Um, which made the next day the family, uh, the Dumas family Christmas, like a hilarious day. Um, but it was good. It was good to hang and. It was it was a much needed like hang session and 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 uh, deep conversation with friends. You know, sometimes you need that, especially living here. It's like I have a lot, I have friends, but like sometimes you know those deep rooted friendships, like Phil and Paul and and the beef, Kate, 
um, and Bob. So I'm trying to get Bob to move here, but we'll see if that happens. I hope so. I'm optimistic. What does this say? I'm going to read this comment. Pete and I were there in spirit. Oh, I know. Yeah. You, I, next time. We'll, we're going to be up at Atatash, though, in, the, in January. And then I think we're actually talking about doing something back in Massachusetts in April. So I think we're going to try to, uh, I think we're going to try to um, release a single. Probably the first single is going to be in April. Ramsey, what's happening? It's been a long time, but I'm keeping up with you on Facebook. Ramsey was uh, the housing director when I was in Sicily, and I played in his band. That was some of my first gigs. We're driving around Sicily with Ramsey, and um, Ramsey. I actually think I told I told the story about Nelly, the dog, on this podcast, where we we stopped at that gas station and found a little puppy and. We kept it, and it was Ramsey raised the dog, named it Nelly, sweet girl. Um, the Vern dog was there. He was Vern dog was a two nighter too. Oh, I hit my Instagram limit. That's all right. I actually said it. So I said it. Uh, oh man, it's pathetic how early I hit this Instagram limit. I'm like. It's 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 nice to have the time limit. That's that's all I'll say. But um anyway, yeah, so Friday night was crazy. Saturday night, I think Saturday night was the night that the band played we were I think we played a little better. Cuz uh, honestly like, you know, Friday it's the first time we had played together. We practiced Thursday, worked through all the new stuff. Um but we ran out of time to like work on some of the stuff. But I mean, a lot of it kind of, a lot of it's like riding a bike, but still you want to keep it tight. And uh, I think playing Thursday and then playing Friday, we were, I think the band played a little bit better on Saturday. At least I felt like I was singing better. But one of my favorite moments of, uh, I'm like, a you know, I'm not a guitarist. I don't consider myself like, okay, like I could, I could take a guitar gig. Um, Yeah, you told me that Nelly passed. It's sad. But thank you. I, I got to read this full comment. I can't read the full thing when it's live. Well, thank you. I'll, one of these days, I'm going to have to get out to... Uh, one of these days, I'll get back to Sicily. I don't know if you've, you're keeping up with Edgar. You should follow... Uh, Edgar Gretsch Combo, look him up on um, on Instagram. Ramsey obviously knows him, but he is just a world-traveling man. Um, but, yeah, I think Saturday night was the night that the band was a little tighter. But Friday night, I, I so I don't really, I don't think I'm, like, the best guitarist. I can take some solos, but I don't like to take too many solos in a set because, like, I only have so many tricks. You know what I mean? So, like, once I start doing, like, five or six solos, it's like I feel like I'm exposed you know, I could do like two short ones and maybe one long one and be like, whoa, he's good. And then after that, it's just like, all right, like I heard that solo in the last song. <laughs> but my, uh, I've been really with this new amp that I got. And um, what is that? Oh, yeah. 
That phone, yeah, yeah. I did that phone raiser. I can't read the full comment, but I think that was the one on the Hannah Glover, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, I've been work. I got this new amp, and I've been like really kind of like messing with some pedals, and not getting like too crazy, like Mike Einzinger, or like getting like weird tones. I just want to like have specific sounds dialed on the pedals that I just like know how to do. So I have this like $30 MXR distortion pedal. That's like, you know, kind of like metal. Um, so it really only sounds good for like high solos. Um, and I started to switch my delay actually. So I have a boss digital delay and then I have an MXR carbon copy, the analog delay. So originally what I was using was the, um, the digital delay is a long delay and the carbon copy is a short delay, but I switched it. So the digital delay is now my short delay and it is the shit. And then the long delay is the MXR, which is like way more manageable for me because there's just like not a lot of options. Um, and with that distortion pedal, my, my, uh, the tube screamer, I have like a boost on that. And then I was so I was using my EP boost for the whole set too. So I feel like I'm getting like a much better tone than I used to. So the one moment in Friday night that I thought I was like badass was the solo for change it for the world. And I don't really get like, I, I don't really do a solo and get like hoots and hollers after I finish, but like that one got a lot. And I was, it was, it was a noticeable difference from Saturday. Like Saturday solo was good. But the Friday one, there was just like, I just like hit a stride with it and it felt awesome. Um, another cool thing that Paul and I were talking about with, um, oh, another thing that happened Friday night that was badass was our friend Ben Fairbanks was there. And Ben has been a longtime friend. He's lived in Beverly ever since I've known him. And he plays with, he's played with uh, Ricky, Ricky James. Um, who Rick, Ricky uh, plays with Pink Talking Fish now. So they're like a Pink Floyd Talking Heads Fish tribute band that tours around and they do like, they're probably doing like 1,000 cap, like 750 to 1,000 cap rooms and doing like major festivals and they, they kick ass. So I met Ben because he was playing with Ricky and they were doing the Monday Night Jam at Pickled Onion and then, um, fuck, what was the other place? I forget. Um, so Ben came and... I was like, dude, sit in with us. So he sat in and played. We played Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers. And Ben is just one of my favorite guitarists. Like, famous, not famous, whatever. Just like, as a guitar player, he's easily one of my favorites. Um, and he just, we got up. I was like, do you, you want to do a song with us? We're, we were like planning on doing Grandma's Hands. And... um I don't know if you know it. So he literally just went outside, listened to it one time, like on his phone, like to his ear and got up and played and just absolutely destroyed it. People were going nuts. Um, so those are some of the really cool moments on Friday. And then, um, yeah, Saturday, actually one of my favorite moments from Saturday was playing queen of the night. And that's like a brand new song that we've only played one other time. And, Oh, geez. I almost ripped the old headphones out. Um, but some of the, yeah, some of the new songs, you just don't know how they're going to react, how people are going to react to them. But Queen of the Night, I felt like out of all the new songs, got a great reaction. It just felt the best. 
it felt like there wasn't like a lull like there normally is during new new songs um so man it was just it was awesome one of the things we talked about too was that uh which i think i was about to mention earlier was that we added a couple new cover songs so we did like this christmas we did christmas in la um by the old Wolfpack, and then we were doing both nights we did um uh working day and night off michael jackson's acclaimed album off the wall uh Phil suggested that one and we're like, hell yeah, let's do that. Which I like, I, I'm like Michael Jackson, everyone's going to know it, but like, it seems like that was a deeper cut. So not a lot of people knew that. And one of the things that was really like kind of blew my mind was we put that on Saturday night. That was in the encore, the first song in the encore. And people were like pumped cause it's like an upbeat song and people were dancing and whatever. And then immediately after that, we played always was you, which was an original. And right when we started it, like, People went nuts. And then we did Fools in Love, and it was like, it was really uh, a great experience to be playing your original songs and people like them better than your cover songs. Uh, which for me, like I play so many cover songs here and have played them so much in the past that you don't, ex- you never expect that. You're not, like I was saying before, like you don't really know what your reach is. And you don't know who's listening all the time. You just kind of like put stuff out and hope people do listen. And in hopes that it like can make you some money at some point and you can have a, you know, full career. And it's so it's hard, it's hard to know. But nights and weekends like Opus like proved to me that people, people like it, you know, we're doing a good thing and. I was just very impressed with the amount of people that came out and uh, how supportive everyone was. And a lot of people were like, hey, I listen to the podcast. I'm like, you do? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was I was surprised by that. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's just like something that's part of the Russ. Thank you. I played some of my first gigs with Russ Sundberg. Owner of the uh, the dog, the lucky dog. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I am, I am. Uh, you know, you do it so long, and you see the day to day. Um. Oh yeah, no. I didn't really start making money until maybe I think I'll probably make some next year. I literally make hundreds of dollars a year. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. But uh, it's just, I don't know. It's its hard to, you know, you see the day-to-day of your life as a person who's aspiring to have a career. And then, um, so it's very like, I don't know, sometimes it can be very uninteresting seeming to me at least. And then you go back home and you do shows and people are like, I, I'm listening. And you're like, thank you. Like, you don't understand how much it means actually, you know? Um. And actually, one of the things that I was really proud of this weekend was I was talking to the security, and I know I've talked about this, um, talking about zanies and stuff and how, like, the crowd is a reflection of, like, the band or the artist or whatever or the comedian. And the security was saying that um, even though it was a crazy amount of people down there, like, 
everyone was super cool and everyone was like great to the staff and like really polite. There weren't any issues. There weren't any fights, um, which is tough to do when um, there's that many people crammed into such a small space uh, and there's loud music and stuff. So I like for that, you guys are incredible. Um, Just it's great that you can plan an event and know that everyone that goes is going to be cool to the everyone that's working and everyone was great to the band and everyone was nice to like Paul and Phil and all the openers and they were listening and just I, there, there was, there was not like it, it went, it couldn't have went any better. And I am just so happy about that. And uh, it's definitely going to be a regular thing and hopefully it grows and we can, we can move it to a bigger venue. Maybe like the, maybe we'll do the Larkham or something in a couple of years, try to get two nights at the theater and get some, just kind of keep growing it together. It was just, I'm just so impressed and so thankful that everyone came out and everyone, uh, everyone was there. It was like an old school Vicks, uh, old school Vicks Sunday, but man, now I'm back in Nashville, a couple days. And then we drive back the 18 hour drive. Oh man. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this drive, but it'll be fun. Me, Emma, Tina. It's really like the the drive from Tennessee to Pennsylvania is really not that bad. It's just long, but it's like you're there's never any traffic. There's never any tolls. Just farmland, just cruising. It's when you get into like New Jersey and New York and then Connecticut that that's that's the part I'm not like fully looking forward to. But oh, I just got an email from Max Spaderna. Dr. Max, because I sent him the mixes. Max is like, he's one of the trusted few who I send mixes to early and get opinions on. Max is one. Max is the first bassist in the RLB, still playing the same Rickenbacker that he always had. His dad was a, uh, I think his dad was a repo man. I know he did. He was like a contractor, but I feel like he at one point he worked as a repo man and like repossessed. Is that, yeah, re, repossessed, repoed, this old Rickenbacker, so he still had that. Um, I'll have to read that after, because I want to give my full attention to a Dr. Max Spaderna email. Um, I think that's it. That seems like a good place to end. So once again, to everyone who came out to Opus this past weekend, thank you so much. To Opus, all the staff there, the security, to Blake, thank you. It was an amazing weekend to Paul and Phil legends. The only people who I want to play music with, um, the Jesse Cimentaro, his band Quill, Dennis Monagle, Eric Reardon, um, Ben Fairbanks. Thank you for always just showing up and inspiring me to do better things and to like, to just continually grow as a musician um, for, I mean, it's crazy. I've, I've known them all for like, I've known Jesse for 12 years and he's just constantly putting out amazing music. And it's like, man, it's, it's just, it's just inspiring. It's great to be around inspiring people. So everyone who came out, thank you. And, uh, this is going to be the last podcast of the year because next Tuesday is Christmas. 
crazy. And then next, the following Tuesday is New Year's. I'll probably do one that sometime that week, but I don't know. We'll see. But this is the last 2018 podcast. So thank you guys once again for tuning in. Um, and uh, I think that's it. You know what to do. Have a wonderful holiday season. Have a great uh, new year. And we'll see you all in 2019. Can't believe it. The future is now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.